0: So this Parshish Re'eh begins with the statement, Re'eh onochi nosen lifnechem hayom bracha uklonah. I give before you the brocha and the, the, the blessing and the curse. That's Deuteronomy 11.26. Now Rashi is really silent. He basically says this was given on Grizim. That's it, Grizim. Why wouldn't he quote the Medrash? Why wouldn't he quote the Tanchuma like he always does? All he says is, mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. Esa al-manasa she tishmu, Conditional. Nothing else. Very, very, very bothersome to me. So let's go and look at the Tanchuma that he didn't quote and see uh, what, what, what he says. So the Tanchuma on Re'e No Sein Lachem, it's uh, in Medrash Tanchuma Pasha and it's number three. So the first thing he says is, Zeshe Omaha HaKosov, he brings an intertext, like good Medrash, but from something far, far away in Lamentations, in Echa. And the posuk in Echa is, pi Elyon Lo Seitzei Ra'os v'hatov. So clearly the Bala Medrash is talking about both the Brocha and the klala, and put, pitting it against Ra'os and Tov. Right, we'll come back to that posuk in Echa, but let's carry on with the Medrash. O'ma Rabbi Avim Peshasha, onto to when the people stood at Hasinai, God gave them the Torah. And now he makes this historical statement May Ota or another manuscript said, at that moment in history, call me from then on, anyone who sinned, God exacts retribution from him from that point on. What do you mean from that point on? Well, Lisha Avar, in the past, meaning before Matan Torah, call me to anyone who sinned, or your The entire generation um, would pay for his sin. For instance, Dor HaMabul. Like, let's look at the uh, generation of the flood there were many kosher people, many people who were perfectly righteous, like Noah. and nevertheless, unlike Noah, Imhador, they were blotted out along with the generation. Haflaga in the generation of the tower. Hayu there were sinners. And as a result of the punishment, even children uh, were, uh, p- had to pay for it. However, now, when Am Yisrael stood at Harsinai, and God now gave them the law, the Torah, the mitzvot, Omar, he said, outrageous thing, he said, In the past, the generations would be punished for the sins of even one of them. Now, there shall be no vicarious punishment of the generation for the sins of the individual. And he brings the pasuk from... Lamentations that from the Most High does not come out evils and good or only good. From Lamentations, that's talking about the Khurban, the destruction of the first temple, where everyone was hit. Very paradoxical, very problematic text for me. <laughs> Rabbi Avin says, no, you can't read the Lamentation verse as a proof text, but as a question mark. The only way to read that verse to make sense with this Drush is to say, surely from the Most High, There will not go evil to the tzaddikim and good to the Rishoyim. Again, the whole notion of theodicy. Rabbi Avin is bothered by that. He's bothered by the possibility that the righteous shall suffer and the evil shall be paid in kind. So I'm thinking to myself... What is it about this Tanchuma that Rashi wouldn't want to quote? Why is Rashi bothered by putting it in? And, and it's a lacuna in Rashi. There's nothing there except saying uh, the Klalot were given on how this mountain and the Brachas were given on this mountain. Well, let's go back to that Posuk in... Eicha uh, and Lamentations Mipi Elyon Lo Seitze horos Vato The Pshat is very interesting remember this comes from Lamentations 3 there are four chapters in Lamentations number three is Ani HaGever so already there's the first two chapters about it's all our fault it's all our fault and how does the city lay desolate and the mothers and the children and, and now Ani he begins to look at that destruction and say, well, let's let's put it in perspective. who suffered, who didn't suffer? And then around verse 38, very late in the chapter, he says, "From the Almighty does not come the no say the evil in the plural Horos, the hatov. I don't know what that means. Everyone's bothered by that from the Almighty. And we have to kvetch to make it fit to say that, you know, God punishes the righteous and uh, the, 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 the wicked and punishes the righteous. Because from God, surely no bad can come. That's the intent of what he's saying. But the language, even Rashi has to quetch over there, Rashi does comment on that verse and says, and if you attempt to say that this evil did not come from me, come to me from his hand, and that's just, it's a coincidence that's befallen me, this is not so. Rashi then says, for both bad and good, all come with, with God's ordain, and he commands neither bad nor good to come, So when should a living man bemoan? Every man for his sins. Every man should bemoan his sins because they are what bring the evil upon him. So they did not emanate from the Almighty, and Rashi puts it, on the receiver, on the receiving end. If I'm being punished, it didn't come from God. It came because I was a bad boy and caused him to do this to me. And Rabbi Yochanan then says and Rashi there brings Parshas Re'eh from the day that the Holy One said Re'eh no Nosein Lachem Et Chaim V'et Neither evil or good has come from his command. Rather evil comes by itself to the one who commits evil and good to the one who commits good. Therefore why should you be crying? <laughs> that's Aniha Geva Rashi is saying why am I crying about bad stuff happening to me I caused it why should a man be angry it's about his own sin so Mipi Elyon for Rashi in that verse Mipi Elyon say Horos the evil didn't come from his design from his it came because something stimulated it the evil man. That's the way Rashi says. Now, in Devarim Rabba, Reh Anochi Rabbi Elazar, agrees with Rabbi Yochanan and adds, Me'eleho horor bo al evil didn't come from God. It came from itself. There is something in the evil that causes you to suffer. al so the evil and the good have within themselves this potential to cause bracha and klala. Okay, very nice. The medrash Tov on Lamentations, the same verse, says Ami Rama Rabbi Elazar, and that medrash Tov, I think is a little bit earlier than our Tanchuma. So the Medrash Lekach Tov immediately picks up on the posuk and Lamentations and refers us back to our our Dvorim thirty fifteen from that moment in time, not harsinai, but the moment in time when Moses is saying Hayom, meaning from Hayom, from today forward, there will be no vicarious punishment. there'll be no collective punishment for the individual. On Shavashara, uh, from this moment on, there will be individual reward and punishment. And therefore, because they didn't keep the bris, therefore they were exiled, explaining the theodicy behind Lamentations. Okay, if you look at the um, at the Medrash itself, that is the Medrash to Echa, Echa Rabbah, so... He takes it even one step further and says from the moment that Moshe Rabbeinu made that declarative statement, Hayom, from then on, no good will go out to bad and no bad will go out to those who are doing good. Why? How do I know? Because he brings a proof test from 2 Samuel 3.39. If you remember what was going on in 2 Samuel 39, this whole business with Yoav and David, and David says to his advisors, you know, I don't have the power. These guys are mafia, and I'm not yet the king. And I really can't dish out the fact that he was a murderer right now, yeshalem Hashem This time round, because I have no power, I'm gonna let it God do it, yeshalem in the subjunctive, may God repay the evildoer according uh, to his recompense. So according to that explanation in Eicher he sets it in context, to the psukim before and after mipilion, the one before is to wrong a man in his conflict. The law does not approve, meaning we can't attribute a wrongful and harmful acts against a person to God, because He doesn't approve of them. So, what are you blaming God? Next, whose decree was ever fulfilled if the law did not ordain it? Meaning, God never ordains a wrongful act. And then our posuk, Mipi Elyon, is it not from the mouth of the Most High that evil and good emanate? Meaning, for it is not from his mouth that evil emanates to good people and goodness emanates to evil people. Rather, every man is repaid according to his deeds. Okay, so the e- Eich Harabba is going along uh, with, with the pshat in the posuk. Now the H. Yosef, the commentator on the Medrash Rabbah, brings up the whole issue of theodicy. Remember, he's an 18th century commentator. So Kimi P Lo from the Most High. Bad stuff doesn't come. and he says to the reader, now don't let this be a problematic for you. Hoye Sadik Varalo and Rosha because we see in real life <laughs> Tzadik varalo. the Tzadik does suffer Roshah V'Tovlo and the rosha does suffer don't let that be a problem now listen to how he gets out of it She'efsha <laughs> a Tzadik a Tzadik in Pels we call it in Yiddish it could be that the Tzadik looks like a Tzadik he's got big payas And a big black hat with a big brim, and he shockles right next to you and says Kaddish very, very loud, gets on your nerves, but he's really not a tzaddik on the inside. And there are some people who call themselves Apikosim or atheists, but they're big tzaddikim on the inside. Oh, So it, the ate says, don't be fooled by external. That's how he gets around it. Don't be fooled by the externalities. I want to come to the Nesiva Sholem, who picks up where we left off. And then I'll come back to why I think Rashi left it out. Nesiva Shalom says... What is the union of Brocha and klala? And he says azoi. What is the tachlis of the Brocha? It's not you get you have a good life, and the tzaddik and the Roshah gets a bad life. We're now in the 20th century, and the Mesiva Sholem is very aware of the winds of psychology, and his Hasidus is an individual Hasidus. It's not about the collective. So he's not concerned about vicarious punishment the way that H. Yosef was, or Sadik Veralo and Theodicy, like the Medrash was. He's not concerned with that. What is he concerned with? Kashe Yehudi et When a Yid fulfills his task in this world, his shlichus, his shlichus, very interesting word. Apostle in Greek is a shaliach. The apostles, when you have finished, completed your apostolic mission in this world, So the brocha is when you are in sync with your psyche and your purpose in life, and you understand what it is, and there is a uh, there is a kind of confluence, a harmony in your life. And Klala is the opposite. I don't know where I'm going, I don't know my way in life, I'm fablonged, I'm stuck in my addictions, my, my life is not harmonious. And therefore, he doesn't mention the language of schar and onish, reward and punishment, he should have said, nasati es hayom es ha schar if you keep the mitzvahs, then there'll be the schar. He doesn't say that. It's a beautiful, beautiful, subtle reading of the verse. He says it's about bracha and klala, not about reward and punishment. Reminding me of the 12-step program, right? The addiction is not about your moral failure, it's about an illness. This isn't about reward and punishment, naughty boy, good boy, bean counting of mitzvahs. It's about your life and your shlichus, your apostolic mission, and whether you're in harmony with it. It relates to the blessing and the curse, which is intimately bound with your shlichus in this world. MS amru, and so now the Tzaddiki MS, the rabbis, the our mystics, our saints, they've told us in something interesting. Sheharos ladas. What is the litmus test to know whether mahi hashlichas How do I know what the hell it is? I'm supposed to be in tune with it, but how do I know what my deepest task in this world is, what my apostolic mission is. Now he gets mystical. What is the subject matter for me that because of that, the purpose that I was put in this world, Interesting word, tikkun. I didn't know there was a flaw that I had to fix. Apparently there's a flaw to fix. Or you could say the tikkun means, doesn't mean to fix. There in olenu the Olam means to order the world, taxonomize it, to make everything in its appropriate place in this grand machine. According to his kingdom, not according to something else. And so they tell you. <laughs> That the way to know <coughs> the litmus test by which you know what your apostolic mission is, who had Sahara Mitgabe Olav Bioteh. Know your Sahara. Know your addiction. Know what drives you the most. Know your naughtiness in order to know what your tachlis is in this world because your Tachlis is in this world, to fix the genetic imprint, the Yetzirah that was implanted in you from birth, that Yetzirah, which had nothing to do with fault, you were created with the Yetzirah, but you were also created with Torah Tavlin, right? Bora Yetzirah, Bora Torah Tavlin. We were given the antidote to the Yetzirah, which is like uh, a poison. You're given the poison, you're given the antidote to the poison. Well, you got to first know what the poison is. you got to know what, you're, what you were bitten with, what snake bit you. It says in Torah's Overs, It could be, in Torah's Overs he quotes, that a person could end his life, and he's done every one of the 613 mitzvahs. And he's gone to shul, and he's shockled and he's wore tits out, and he he, he did osik betorah v'avoidah, and they will ask him, what did you accomplish in this world? kol Unbelievable, because everything that you did in Torah and mitzvahs and Masimtovim and bishpash to and asakt period verivia. It had nothing to do with what was being asked of you. Your job was to fulfill your mission. And of course, it's in the nature of man. Not to go to those dark places, the places of wounding, the inner child that was so... Wounded, the Sirus Nefesh. It takes a lot of the Sirus Nefesh to do that. Laha Kriv et kol ha It sometimes takes in the entire amount of his ego strength in order to go into that deep, dark cave inside. In order to do that, I think that that's uh, that's the way we should go back and understand Me P Elion. Not in a moralistic and pietistic sense. Me P Elion lo Teit horoz. Rose. doesn't come from Elion. Uh, okay, fine. We've gone through the theodicy. We've gone through the midrash. We've gone through the kvetching. at the end of the day, we're saying that he's really not responsible. We're responsible. Fine, we're not responsible, we're responsible for our actions, and we cause the good and the bad that comes down to us. Okay, so then what are we learning about Re'ei Nosati L'Chem Et Hayom Et HaVr'chaim What we're saying, according to the slonomer, is I'm giving from you today your own individuality. I'm giving to each of you, you've gone through the Midbar, we've gone through 39 years of this as a group, as a collective. But what I'm doing now, I'm giving to you the, your individual reward and punishment? No. doesn't say Scharva Onesh. I'm giving you your life and your death, your Bracha and your Klala. And I think that it's mirrored in the Aptorov in the of Yisrael who adds... This little kenich, he is medayik on the fact that that the possek in Eichar says, in the plural, multiple evils, vahatov in the singular." So mystically, he's going to say that the tov only comes from above. We learned this in the Morinaim, Undifferentiated vitality comes down from above, like a piece like a bit of electricity, and depending on the light bulb color, it will emanate the color of the light bulb. So if the light bulb is evil or red, the room will be red, and the light bulb is white and saintly, then the room will be white. The electricity is the same electricity. That's the Yudke Vovke, I explained in two sentences to do with Or and kalim light and vessels the light of the yudke Vovke is the same light it depends on the sephiros whether they are dark sephiros or light sephiros whether it comes out as good or evil so the rose has to be plural because as the light differentiates and comes down into the world of good and evil it depends on the sephira and of course we are holographic image of the sephirot so as it comes out, the ra'ot depends, <speaking> lefi <in> pa'ulat ma'asehem. <Hebrew> and so he goes back, re'ein <speaking> os noyonochi nosenifneichem hayom bracha oklala. And now he goes back to that, medre, that pasuk in Echa, ha'gam, rak brachot v'kol minnei tov, and that means only goodness comes from God, <speaking> In kol zen, nevertheless. lefamim yitapach shefa hatov v'bracha atzma, El ha-hi-puch. Very dualistic view of the world. The rav is saying that at times when we experience suffering, when we experience evil, that that good itself distills down the downchaining of the Shalsheles and it's mit ha El-Ha-Tov. This is the biggest problem for Hasidus that says God is all good, the world is all good, everything is good. The Balatanya struggles with this whole notion. So then when does the evil come if it doesn't come from God? The Litvaks have no problem. In the world that we have, there's no connection with the divine. Only his Hajgakha, his providence. So we can have all sorts of nastiness going on down here that doesn't affect the Alul. The the Alul doesn't affect the Ola, the, the, the Emanator. The Emanator himself remains perfect, like the Rambam says. But the Emanated is separated by an infinity of distance and therefore there can be evil but for the Hasidim and the mystics including the Zoya there's a big problem and how do I deal with theodicy that goodness down here and badness down here if God is intimately involved in this world where is he when the evil is around? the famous question of the uh, Beis Alevi was walking with uh, Chief Rabbi Lau along the beach with his brother and said, uh, were you there in the camps? And he said, yes. And were you by the crematoria? Yes. And did you see the smoke? Yes. And then he asks him, did you see the Heilige Bashefer in the smoke? Did you see God in the smoke? What, what are you talking about? That sentence couldn't make sense to a Litvak. But the Beis Yisrael, the Gera Rebbe, asks his Chosid, Rabbi Lau, Lau's brother, did you see the Haliga Beshefer in the smoke? Meaning, God is incarnated in the world. It's a panentheistic world. So, he's asking him a question in matthias Did you see the Heliga Beshefer in the evil, in the worst evil in our history? The question haunts me. That question haunts me from the Basis Yisroel. And here, the the Oye of Yisrael says, yes, rak Brachos Mekom come from upstairs, from the highest level. Yeah, only good, only good, only good. Im Kolzer, but then he has to say, nevertheless, Lefamim, at times, Yitapech Shefa Hatov, the down changing, the Shefa, the influence of good or bracha, changes in its essence, it completely transforms itself, to its opposite. And that, he says, depends on the receiver, on the light bulb that is ready to receive it. And I think that stems with the slonoma, meaning what we're being given a choice is how do we live our lives? How do we find out what our apostolic mission is, and that mission is dependent on understanding that Hepuch, that Tov that came down, was meant for each of us, and then somehow because of our own faulty Neshamot, going all the way back to the sin of Adam, not through our fault, we have our particular aliquot of Ra, of suffering, of Klala, and for the slonomer, he takes the aptarav 200 years later, and says that it's not dependent on my moral issue, it's dependent on my maasim, it's dependent on that genetic flaw that's been dished to me, and the only way to find bracha in my life is to understand the depths of that darkness of that hippoch, because originally it was good, and then because of the genetic apparatus that I am, who I am, a flawed individual, it was switched to darkness and bad, and all the bad stuff that's part of me, that dark side, and then the slonomer makes the outrageous claim. I'll get to the next world, and they say, "Oh, you were very front, Julian. I mean. You gave stock, and you Isaac period the and you Yeshua, and you waiting for Mashiach. You did everything. Yeah, but you didn't do what you're supposed to have done. <laughs> you didn't find out why you were put in that world. You didn't find your shlichus, your apostolic mission to fix your particular soul that's embodied." in in the original goof of Adam Kadmon that needs to be fixed before this world will get its final uh, restoration for Olam, for the olam of the uh, utopian world. And I think that that's possibly, my father-in-law would disagree, <laughs> why Rashi omitted. I, I usually only say things why Rashi says things and try to explain why Rashi said it in the context of where he lived and the time he lived and the crusade period and the millennium and the millenarian movement at that time with Richard the Lionheart getting Jerusalem back from the infidel. So I usually don't talk about why Rashi omitted something, but it's such a glaring omission for me why he wouldn't have chosen this beautiful Medrash Tan And I think it's precisely because it's cited the Lamentation verse. The Lamentation verse stating Ani HaGever looking at the Churban Bayis Rishon and Eicherabba looking at the Churban Bayis Shani and saying Lo haros. Everything is justified. Which would only lend more credence to the Bishop of Troy down the road, who would be speaking the next Sunday and saying, even the Jew, Solomon, Rashi, (laughs) admits on this portion of the Bible that it was a righteous decision that God did to kick him out of Palestine. And we, the new Israel, the church, have therefore inherited that tradition. I think Rashi was acutely aware politically of making such a statement by citing this Medrash Tan and therefore left it out. Have a wonderful week, everybody.